Hello, this is Mary. And this is Chandler. And you're listening to The Miss Fisher Files. Hi, everybody. Before we start our regular episode recap, we wanted to give you an update about Australia. And we had mentioned probably a couple episodes ago that... Chandler and I are going to Australia to be extras in the film, but we have a slight change. Small change of plan. Um, I am unable to go to Australia this time. As it turns out, um, I think we've talked about this before, but I'm working on a new book right now, and all of my deadlines are right when Australia is supposed to happen. So it was either going to be I go and I'm a ball of panicked mess <laughs> and maybe not do a good job on, on anything on my plate or I bow out and uh, so Mary can do this for real. So uh, instead, we're going to do this in soap opera fashion. Like, you know, when your favorite character gets swapped out for a different actor and then the voiceover comes in and says, the part of Chandler O'Leary will now be played by Jojo Saletto. Hello! Yay. Friend of the show, Friend TM. Of the show. Hi! I get to go to Australia with Mary! Yay! I'm so excited. When you asked me, it was like you were proposing. I was so nervous. I really was. I felt like I was proposing to you. But did you have a little velvet box? <laughs> if we had, yeah, if we had been able to do this in person. It'd have a little kangaroo I, in it. I don't know. Maybe I would have gotten down on my knee. Oh, That would have been Well, it is a great honor to be able to fulfill uh, the podcasting duties while we're down there. <laughs> but uh, also uh, uh, Chandler's uh, impossible to fill shoes. Aww. So I'm not, I'm not playing you. I will be me. <laughs> this is like the touring cast. This, this is the touring cast. This is like cast, yeah. the Broadway touring cast of the Miss Fisher Files podcast. Um, but when you <laughs> asked, I really uh, already wanted to go to Australia. Um, and so this is such a great wow. opportunity. And, uh, the fun fact is also we're both turning 40, 40. this summer. Yeah. So we're definitely You're going to burn that continent down <laughs> on our great, uh, friny adventure. Yes. So it seems you. like the right way to celebrate this yeah. milestone in our lives. So I'm very anyway. excited that I get to join <laughs> you on this amazing adventure uh, so thank you. Oh. And thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you are here. And we will miss you, Chandler. I will be okay. thinking of you while I draw pictures. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we'll find right. fun ways to uh, make sure that Chandler is there in yes. spirit. Yeah, we will. Bring me back the most ridiculous souvenir you can find. Mm, okay. On it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> done that is your done mission. Done done. Uh, I think we can probably figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the update on Australia. Welcome back, everybody, to the Miss Fisher Files. Today, Chandler and I are joined by the wonderful friend of the show, TM, Jojo Stiletto. Hello. Well, so happy to be back. Yeah. This is your third time on the show. I know. It's like you like talking to you or something. Thank you. You're like the Stephen Colbert segment on The Daily Show back in the day. You're like our regular contributor now. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, regular yeah. contributor. I yeah. like that. We'll print a business card or yeah. something. Thank you. I actually yeah. have uh, We'll give you like a green cards. screen of like... <laughs> right, that's we do already have some I have several cards. in my wallet right For now, real. so... Yeah. Well, I'm do. glad to be on the team. I appreciate being back as a guest. Yay. Hey. And we're here to talk season three. I know. We're cracking the seal. I have, I have a confession to make about season three. I have only seen it the one time before I rewatched it for this because of that same reason. There's there's hardly any left. And yeah. it's like I'm saving it. Oh, like you know you're getting to the bitter end and yeah. you just want to savor it. Yeah, yeah. I have a different, so my sort of read on season three, and this happened the first arc, was it's like you can tell the show is popular and you can tell they have a little bit more money behind it. Mm-hmm. And you are now at that part of the storytelling where um, you have to move somewhere with the flirtation. Mm. And it feels like suddenly we've gotten a little more mainstream TV show about that. Really? Okay. Elaborate on this. Like, how, JoJo, how do you know that they have a following? Like, how does it show itself in this season? I mean, um, I call it, like, the X-Files effect when they go to L.A. Mm -hmm. It almost, it seems a little bit glossier. You can maybe see that the budgets are a little bit bigger in the arc of season three. And it, I think I described it, it feels almost a little bit 
glossier or more glib. Hmm. Um, and I still love it. But you can tell, like, there's a level change um, and the storytelling change. And we're just kind of talking about, like, season three in general before we launch into which episode we're talking about. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I just... Something about this already sets the tone in this episode. Have we mentioned which episode we're in? Oh, no. This is um, season three, episode one, Death Defying Feats. Yay. Um, Mackenzie's Cavalcade of Mysteries. Yeah, like, and this is the one, like, it off, like, out of the gates, it's already, like, just a little bit, like, faster, slicker. Still the same show, Mm -hmm. but there's just something, like, the veneer is a little Mm -hmm. bit different. It's a little more polished. Yeah. Also, but I feel like... Okay, the first note I wrote down was Jack's sad trombone. <laughs> because Jack is suddenly poutier, suddenly he's jealous, suddenly he's tantrum-y. Yeah, we get a lot of jealous Jack in this one. And he's not my favorite Jack, I will say. He's been, we've seen him a couple times before. Yeah, but it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, we have to play the whole TV show love interest thing, so I'm going to mm. be all sad about it. Well, we have to think, okay, and, so. And the, and the other men i'm gonna vocalize my oh, i have much to say about that whole yeah tirade. yeah go for it oh <laughs> i wrote it i done well, wrote I it gonna, down i was gonna get into it later no we can wait like okay, so we're like, just gonna go are yeah. we doing out of order oh like, go for it that's, what, that's like, why baby jesus invented editing <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long weekend we can do whatever we want it's true we can um okay that tirade the liberal-minded men tirade which is referred to quite often, actually, in fan fiction, yeah. fan fiction world. Um, really upsets me. Mm. Why? Because the first person he mentions is French artist. You're mad that the first person he mentions is her abuser. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, her yeah. abusive so that already you're from like, back right When war, she was with like, him before she knew he uh-huh. existed. Yeah. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that and is And she never flirted with him. She was terrified of that guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean... And he was quite like the aware only person of the to make her terrified. Right. So we're sort of like, okay, there's this weird tone shift. We go from uh, they're almost making out on the landing at the end of season two, and Aunt P interrupts them to God what's damn. clearly to set up for a date night, right? Yes. Like Franny has invited Jack over. It is very clear to us, the watcher, like, this is it. It's happening. But we also know it's the beginning of season three. So, so it really can't we're gonna be. we're going to get denied. Yeah. It's got to be. It's like, it's the constant. It's like Ross and Rachel. Oh, yeah. But I, and you know, as a, I've mentioned before on previous episodes, I love that, that, that push and pull that we get in um, Detectives Who Bone series, <laughs> my favorite genre. Um, uh, that's going to be my podcast. Yeah. It's going to be called Detectives Who Bone. Oh, I will be um, your top listener. Yes. Uh, and so we have this setup scene, right, uh, of Jack, uh, or it's uh, Franny's lighting candles and Mr. Mm. Butler. I, I love there. that sexy candelabra. Yeah, we know what those candles being yep. all lit means. We, that telegraphs Only to the, the audience. the smoothest tapers. That Jack is in for it. He's like, yes, I want all the candles lit when I come over, and we will do things to each other's faces and bodies. (laughs) And then we also cut to the scene, and I love, this is the cold open, this duality of, like, them setting up for having uh, a a sexy date night. Dot and Sess and Bert are at the magic show. (laughs) And, like, that's clearly, like, Franny has sent them out of the house. I had not even put that together. Yeah. I had not... Either I'm like, oh, they're at the magic show. They've been sexiled. So sex-iled. it's very like the setup did you, is. Did you did you use that in college? Yes. Like you couldn't come in the room if the you know the roommate was in there. No, so you're sexiled. I've not heard this term. Oh my god. Yeah, they get like Franny's like here's some magic show tickets. <laughs> I got a person coming over. I'm setting Dot, up a seduction. Don't come scene. home before midnight. Yeah. Dot does say Miss Fisher had other arrangements. Yes, but I hadn't put together that Bert and Sess also got kicked out. Like, yeah. everybody except Mr. B got the boot. Well, Mr. B's got to light the candles, bring the drinks. Put on the Barry White. Okay, so Franny's lighting the candles. Oh, I thought that's that right. was interesting. Yeah. Um, Mr. B has to be there to provide beverages. Yeah. And... Warm foods. Lock up. <laughs> Turn down the bed. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying a word. Um, but I think that's the setup. Like, the audience is supposed to be like, oh, this is so exciting for us. We're finally going to get the goods. We know we're not going to get the goods. And I think you're upset that the, like... The immediate reaction to, you know, Jack thinks that Franny has another suitor and she's fallen back into this ways and he thinks that she is misleading him 
again, 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 mm-hmm. again, and he gets drunk and has feelings. <laughs> and the way that he feelings responded, bomb. yeah, I think that's, I think as an audience, as a watcher, as a modern woman, it's really hard to take mm-hmm. that tirade. Yeah. Um, and we're supposed to be like, oh, he's tipsy, and so maybe it's excusable, and I think that's oh, that's a hard thing to watch. Yeah. And that, I that, wrote down the list. The constant parade of, colon, bulleted list, French artists, fugitive anarchists, Russian clairvoyants, and tango dancers. How oh, and men who wear damned cravats. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that line. So, so much. how did he, he even know about the tango instructor? How did yeah, he? Yeah, how did he know? Right? I mean, he did find them in a Russian <clears throat> bath, right? Or Turkish bath. Oh, that was the the Russian. But that wasn't the tango instructor. That was yeah, that wait, was. Wait, 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 wait. That's, that's Sasha. Oh. That's Sasha. Is it Sasha? Yeah, it's Sasha. And they're going. Oh, like, they're I'm going. Mixed oh my gosh, up. I'm getting it mixed up with her flamenco instructor. Yes. It's different. That the whole time I have mixed that up. Any okay, dance right. class. Yeah, Rainy butt takes. chin versus Spanish guy. <laughs> she is 100 percent banging that dance instructor. Yeah. Right. and so <laughs> I actually read this scene, and and it's only because I've seen the whole arc. Right, and I read this scene as the setup for what I think is the long con of season three, which <laughs> is um, our esteemed producers, uh, Every Cloud, trying to make a subtle statement about the idea of modern polyamory. Hmm. Um, Whoa! I so I feel like a lot of stuff happens in season three where we see Jack learning to accept and have fun with the idea. That it doesn't just have to be one guy, one girl, which is a very hard thing for uh, people who've been trained by these types of TV shows and narratives to really accept. Basically all of TV. All stories of all time are supposed to be one guy, one girl. And I think this is saying, like, you can have your primary, but maybe you have people you have fun with. Well, okay, and now... this is the beginning of that narrative. Mm-hmm. In support of that, I didn't... That did not occur to me. However, I did note... That you know she has she has her little flirty flirtiness with Sid mm-hmm. from the show mm-hmm. backstage, and then when he becomes a suspect, she turns to Jack and says, "Okay, now that my dinner plans with Sydney are scuppered or whatever she says, can we make a new plan?" So it's like she even introduces that, like, "Well, I was going to have this date with you. It fell apart." I flirted with this other guy in front of you and maybe could have set something up with him, but that's not going to work out. So now, okay, now you and I can reschedule. I thought that was a little awesome, actually. <laughs> well, I think, like, we are on Franny's side. We, the Watchers, are on Franny's side. I'm on Franny's side. And I'm also a woman in her almost 40s, which we just <laughs> talked about. And I like this idea of this, like, new idea of what um, modern romance can be. And yes, I have many friends who are polyamorous, and and maybe it's not what it is for me, but this idea of, like, I can really flirt with people. Like, Mm -hmm. season three for me, now that I'm watching it, is, like, this big uh, lesson in flirtation, which I'm sort of interested in right now. (laughs) Like, how does it work? How do people (laughs) flirt with each other? Hmm. And I think we're seeing that, like, tension of Jack... um, having the, like, extreme reaction when dear old dad shows up and we don't know it's dear old dad. Um, And then, like, over the course of a season, and I don't want to, like, jump ahead, but I think there's moments that are supposed to telegraph Jack being like, oh, this is fun. Hmm. Tennis player. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) And so this is, like, the... Military colonel. Yeah, this is the the setup for, I think, some of that. But it is hard... To have the abuser being in that list that you just rattled off. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like they're being thrown in her face, that whole list. And, and we're dancing. Like, the whole, like, uh, Jack Friday narrative is thrown off by dear old dad showing up. Ugh, What's Baron. his name? Baron. God Which all I, can think Baron of is, all I can think of is John Voight. <laughs> and Angelina Jolie, like yeah, who's her real dad right, right. and was estranged for a long time. Oh my god, that and even is. like looks like him. He looks yeah. like him. He really looks I like him. I definitely got so. that vibe as well. Oh my god, John Voight, get out of here. That actor was in Star Wars, like the original. He yeah. was? Yes. Pitt what, Miller, like the actor fighter was. pilot number three or what? Uh, he's on the, the bad ship. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, Star he's Wars just a bad ship. ship. He's just a Star Wars. That's interesting. I, um, I, and I, We've all seen this many times now, so, like, the surprise was a little bit spoiled on us, but we didn't, like, we don't know it's Franny's dad for, like, ten minutes of yeah. the episode. Like, we're just, like, 
we know it's some old dude that shows up and we're like, is it a relative uh-huh. or someone that she's been trying to kind of avoid? Yeah, clearly not happy to have him on her doorstep, especially right then. Oh, I do have to say, I love the exhale that she does as she goes to open the door. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is it. (gasps) And then Jack. And then it's dad. But but that is such a nice little moment. Well, she's it's a big deal for her. She lit some candles. Yeah, I mean, like There's some that, cocktails that opening being set up. And you can't. Both of them. Okay, if it's if it's a fancy date, you do not reuse pre lit candles. <laughs> She's got to go get new candles for the next time they try this, <laughs> which she does, I what? believe. What, you don't just what etiquette book does that in? <laughs> I don't know, but what I think century it's, was it printed? I think in? it is quite <laughs> declasse yes, to, to use, use the used candles. candles. Ew, especially <laughs> if they were used. To have dinner with somebody else right yes. yeah this actually so we've talked about like this is a show about magic this is a show about jack and Franny having like a come together pull apart we introduce dad and we get this sort of like other narrative about family and her relationship with fathers so daughters and fathers there's like a lot of themes uh being thrown into this episode there's also like a lot of like humor and uh, we're in a theatrical setting, so we have all this mm-hmm. theatrical stuff and a murder. Like, there is so much going on in this That's episode. a hell of a murder, too. Like, you oh, actually yeah. see quite a it bit of that beheading. It's so gory. And the splatter effect oh, on, yeah. the, on the and other then the, side of the, the pearls later, like, yeah. how and then, sticky the pearls and are. That, like, what is it? Like a cucumber or something that they Some sort of squat the, or yeah. zucchini or zucchini, something. Okay, yeah. and then the fact that it rolls through that puddle of blood. It's gross. It's really sound, yeah. Oh, yeah, and poor Dot. She had to witness that. I love that she crosses herself right before. And then, but then she has to look at that. That would keep me awake for, like, front row seats to a beheading. There's a lot of wacky stuff going on in this episode, (laughs) which is why I think it's, like, it feels like a kind of a crazy tone shift. Mm Because we're, like, beheadings. Dad showing up. Yeah. Um, that we think And other things that are not that good. Are, the audience is giving a misdirect. The audience is supposed to be kind of led to believe that this is a, a suitor of hers, and then we get the like, no, it's dad. We get all this like weird misdirection. Which is structured like a yeah. magic trick. Yeah. Mm. You know, the whole the turn, the trick, the prestige. Yeah, know, there's business. a lot of that. And I also noticed that the way that the two scenes at the beginning before the credits are edited they have the same pacing of, like, mm-hmm. uh, lighting candle thing happening. Like, going back to the magic trick, there's this, like, it's the way that the reveal is about yeah. to be revealed. Yeah. is like, the same as, so, like, the door opening and then head getting chopped off. So this is, huh. like, back and forth, back and forth, right. back and forth. Perfect pacing to each other. So those two... Side narratives are running mm-hmm. in parallel, and we have a lot of that reveal happening, those sort of, like weird magic trick reveals happening. Yeah. And I love that they use the bell ringing at that, in that opening montage where they're getting ready for the date, because the phone ringing is the same as her doorbell being right. rung. And so they kind of use that as like the pivot, and it's really, it's very clever, and it's done really well. There's a lot of stuff, in, I think, in this episode, even though it has just... And, like, is so much going on. There's, like, subplots and plots. Mm-hmm. Normally I complain about how all this stuff is happening and we forget the murder and we forget all these things. And now I'm, like, it's kind of masterful. Mm-hmm. It really proves to me how good this production company is yeah. at crafting a television series. Because this, we say this a lot, like, it's a whole book in an hour. <laughs> and the fact that we're almost getting everything we're supposed to get <laughs> yeah. is a is a pretty... Uh, it's it's a pretty good, it's a good series. There's no yeah. filler. It, I one of the things I noticed with this, and I like lighting is something I don't usually notice. Like it's one of those things that's just there for me. Hmm. But I really noticed it this time because state as a burlesque show producer, yeah. you know about stage lighting. So like the the lighting is very deliberate in the show, and it's very bright, and we see like the magician wearing the stage makeup and all that stuff. But I found that was mirrored in the the scenes where Franny's confronting her dad in her apartment, and she plops down into that that yellow chair, and she's in that dark outfit, and the lighting on her is very bright, very harsh, mm-hmm. very contrasty. So you see her in this golden chair lit up, and then the rest of what's behind her is just completely dark, like hmm. it's almost on stage. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. That's maybe what I was responding to. Is like it's suddenly like the 
lighting has always been good. The set direction has always been good. The costuming has always been good. But it's almost like it just kind of levels up a little bit. Yeah, like bit. they, they yeah. tweaked it just so then everything kind of goes into focus. And so I am therefore suspicious. <laughs> like, that's my, like, personal okay. response. And I think it's... Because of the X Files and when they went to LA and they got it, they went all Hollywood and, and so, then they couldn't and then they couldn't decide what they wanted the show yeah, to be about so anymore. That is why I personally responded to okay. the Miss Fisher effect when it kind of gets that level up. I'm like, what are you gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, are you gonna mess it up? Right. Um, and this episode does have all those like weird tone shifts where I'm like, you're messing it up. I oh. don't like it. Speaking of messing it up, what is up with the change in the theme song? In oh, it does. Three, I like it. it. I like you it. You like it? Seriously? <laughs> really? 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 I like it. I, my poor husband, he has had to listen to me just rant about this. Okay. Mary has tried to I noticed it right away. I'm like, song. oh, that's not the same. Oh, I don't like this. No, wait. Actually, it's no, that like little this. spot where the shoes go back and forth. And right. In seasons one and two, it goes do 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 something like that. Yeah. Um, and then they completely take it out and they remove. Yeah, they remove that, and then they add in, like, another part of the overall theme. But right. I am so curious about... Well, okay, I'm curious why they did that, why they made that change. But I'm so curious why you guys like it. Well, it's also... Well. It's, long, it's longer, <laughs> for care. one thing. I, I like that it's... Okay, here's one reason why I like it. I love this era of music anyway. Like, I have a lot of this music. I collect a lot of this music. And I have always liked the genre of the theme. However, I always felt in the past that it felt a little synthesizer-y, like hmm. fakey version of this music. Huh. And like, it's not a real horn section. It's a, it's a Casio keyboard. Not, it's not that bad, but it's like, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a synthesized horn section or whatever. Okay. Huh. This theme feels a little bit, I don't know, a little, a little bit more towards the real instruments end of the spectrum to hmm. me. Sure. It's also longer, Maybe. so there's more, there's more credits. So clearly, there's. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Maybe most that's of, it. I yeah. yeah. Part of me, I think I wouldn't be so bothered if I just knew why, but I'm always primed for it. That little, that little ditty, and it doesn't happen. Well, I think it's like we're all saying, like, oh, there's some shifts happening, yeah. and we are we're noticing them as watchers, and we also know because we are Netflix watchers, so yeah. we are mm-hmm. seeing bingy, bingy, that bingy, we bingy. have <laughs> an end in sight. We know by the time I that know. we're watching. Right. So, um, I wanted to uh, take a little tiny pivot and talk about like how I was talking about how things feel a little bit more polished, maybe a little bit more glib. And about like how the flirtation has really changed. And this episode, like the flirtation is like nothing is nothing is subtle about it. Like there's suddenly Mm -hmm. like the window train. It is like, and they're, Dirty innuendos like the zucchini moment. Uh, oh and my the god! Guillotine. Yeah. Like yeah. we've just watched the scene also, where Jack the little been... magic staff erection when she yeah. holds that. <laughs> we've got like the like it's not it's season three and so the flirtation can't be season one or season two flirtation. Right. It is season three flirtation and this episode season three three flirtation is uh, zucchini guillotine. <laughs> so it's like uh, I call it zucchini guillotine flirtation. Yeah, which is very hard to say. Zucchini guillotine <laughs> zucchini. flirtation. Also, my new band. Zucchini flirt. Zucchini, zucchini guillotine flirtation. Like the zipper. We also have the scene where she's standing behind the nude cutout. Yeah, like, I love that I love so that. much. Everyone I'm loves like, it, oh and God. I'm like eye rolling it's all booby. over that. Really? I'm like, nice. we've seen, we've had this joke so many times, and this is like the full frontal <laughs> yeah, version of but it. In America, we're not allowed to have full know, frontal I anything. I'm so. also really surprised they use that in the trailer for the show in Australia. They would show like little Great. teasers from the upcoming awesome. episode. But what? No, but why reveal that? Like, part of the fun is, is the reveal. The reveal in As a burlesque artist, I will tell you the fun, the tease, and the flirtation. It's about the reveal, right? And I've kind of like we've had this sort of similar joke in the fan dance. We don't see her front, but we know everyone else does. Uh, we get the reveal of her painting, and we're like, oh, it's her tits. But they're not on her person, so it's okay <laughs> right, for right, us right. to see them. And this is yet yet another way. This is season three's way. It's like the, the, the In build. case you didn't get it before. <laughs> this is actually like, and here I am standing this is about behind boobs. what my actual body would look like. Right. And it's very refreshing to us as yes. uh, American watchers to be like, oh, my God. Nipples. But I it's know. also still that kind of goes back to speak to the idea of like this, what was safe about the female body when it was like art especially mm-hmm. right, right right yeah so on stage in the theater it would have been okay to see a nude form if it was With the venus de milo or yeah, something if it was art if it yeah, was yeah. safe if it was still right 
which is yes. why like I love that that prop is there. And I love that there's acknowledgement of like women's bodies are safe when they are uh, not high flesh art. and blood. Yeah. Yes, hmm. and that also um, might be a nice segue to talk about this that lovely end sequence we get on stage because this is the magician episode, right? Mm-hmm. And she's doing the mermaid tank. What's that called again? I think it's just the mermaid, right? That was the magic mermaid. The miraculous mermaid. Miraculous, oh, miraculous. Um, And we get that whole, like, uh, like big introduction sequence of, um, like, the dancing girls kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the dancing girls. I wrote down Ariel sisters. Ariel sisters? Ariel's sisters oh, from The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh. Ariel's sisters. That's really I, funny. Was just thinking about like also that's very uh, Busby Berkeley esque. Yeah, that overhead. Uh, Well, the over and that's but that was when that took me out of it because I'm like, yeah, but if you're in the audience, you're not going to see the really beautiful. So they're I mean the producers are giving us the whole like, oh, we're going to go to stuff from the 1920s, so we're going to give you a little Digfield Follies, we're going to give you a little uh, Busby Berkeley because we are actually doing a TV show with cameras, so we can do an above shot and show that very like graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, movement of bodies that you would see in, in those the films. symmetrical, like yeah, a very effect. symmetrical yeah. graphic and very like movement heavy, right? Because right. that's what the Busby Berkeley was like. All these like these grand dancing scenes yeah. and people. Was it that like? Or was it Zigfield that was the walking up and down stairs? That's Zigfield Follies. Very big, beautiful headdress and headdresses. Headdresses. That's hmm. Zigfield Follies. So that was all about like art and well, costume. but also like the Vegas showgirl tradition yeah. that is now basically yeah. defunct like the mm-hmm. what is that big show that was running for oh, jubilee jubilee yeah. it was running for which i never saw oh, 60 I years or I something wish I'd seen I, it. yeah i don't know i mean 10 but minutes crass in, I'm like, right yeah i'm done i'm good here thanks i just need it for my research <laughs> yeah but it seemed to me like it was almost like a trumpified version of the yeah Zigfield it changes Follies. Mm-hmm. like well zigfield yes. follies was uh the like tableau vivant Right, like more about like a seeing a woman's body as art, as beauty. Uh, so it was like opening the curtains, and there's a scene happening, and maybe someone walks and parades with this big, beautiful costume. And then the Busby Berkeley is like, "Oh, we have cameras. Oh, we can do these big motion aerial heavy, shots, aerial and, craziness." Yeah. So I and then like the cascading arms, like uh, the row of arms, mm-hmm. and the water tank. You know, like this for yeah. me was kind of bridging the gap between the sort of Zigfield and the Busby hmm. um, and maybe a few other things. Um, as a watcher, it's like really delightful because we obviously all are responding to all like the art and the art direction and mm-hmm. the costuming of yeah. that era. And this is just like, we're going to go and give you a little bit more of that sort of. Yeah. The lighting where Franny is coming down in, in that, the hoop, in the and you hoop, see her from, be- from and behind, from behind yeah. the light coming through that sheer fabric. I like my heart stopped. It was so gorgeous. That and I love like the scales on just, her, on her, on the, yeah, on the mermaid outfit. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just in awe of that it's one. It's lush. It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. So, uh, a little bit of research on the Zigfield Follies is they were sort of inspired by the Folly Berger. Mm. Have we heard that before in Miss Fisher? Yes. Um, that is where uh, her uh, burlesque brothel persona says that she's from. Right. Oh, good. Good catch. Yeah. And so I think, like, I love that whenever we enter the world of performance, Franny knows everything. (laughs) She's, I mean, obviously, so very good. And she used to do it back in the day when she lived in Paris. She was, you know, she would come to the cavalcade with her father, and she paid attention when she was Mm -hmm. a little girl. And I love that little note. Like, when I was a little girl, I was smart, and I came here and I was paying attention to how these tricks worked, and now it's going to pay off. So when I go in Aunt P's swimming pool <laughs> for just, you know, just for a few days, I'm suddenly a master of mermaiding. Right. But she of studied course. with uh, somebody, the Houdini method. She's, like, trying to argue she her way. She studied with Houdini. <laughs> no, like, I can't remember the name. <laughs> oh, Friday totally banged Houdini. She totally did. You know she did. <laughs> <laughs> Would you amazing. pass up that chance if you were hurt? Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Depends. Straight jacket or no? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, I am on the right Mary, you're on a roll today. I, yeah, something, something got into me. Okay, so can I ask something really random? Yeah, of course. Totally off topic. Yes, please. Okay, so you know the scene where 
she comes home to find Aunt P waiting for her at the table. Yes. Okay. This is just a background detail. You can see the name of the house on the transom window above mm-hmm. the door where it says Wardlow. But it's lit in such a weird way. You can actually see the stained glass, which normally from an exterior, you can't see the color patterns on stained glass. And you can't, and, and the Wardlow is on a red background. Yeah. But then we see it later, and and then it's lit like you would normally see it from hmm. the outside. So, like, Wardlow's on a, the transom window's on, a, like, a black background, and you can't see the stained glass right. on the side lights around the door. What is up, like, I like I got really confused by that. Like, I, at first I was like, is this a different entrance? Did they light? Is this is such reflected? a Chandler sidebar. And I, I know, and everyone's, everyone's screaming, I like, I don't care! Nobody cares! People the do lighting, care. Yeah, the lighting is definitely different in those outdoor scenes. It's so very it's strange. It's very bright and... It like, is, almost like there's floodlights behind there yeah. that are picking something up. Um, That same scene, though, I... I noticed something. We never see Aunt P indoors in this episode. She comes across the Baron twice, and they always do it right by the front door, but outside. First of all, there's no way Aunt P would just hang out by the front door. Maybe. Do you think? I feel it's like she'd be I think all the rules are different <laughs> yeah. now. I think, I think she would have, Mr. Butler would have answered the door, and he would have told her, well, you know, Miss Fisher's not here. Would you like to wait inside? And she would say, oh, no, I will wait out here and meet her when she comes home. <laughs> I mean, I could just see her Aunt being in that much huff, of a snitch. Right? So yeah, she maybe. is. So maybe we're supposed to telegraph if we watch I mean, the show I mean, her enough. facial expression screams snit. She's having yeah. a little, I mean. She's not happy. Her, her brother-in-law? I'm redecorating. It's her brother-in-law, right? It is her brother-in-law. And she doesn't like, we're supposed to read kind of instantly that she treats him differently, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's why it's. Scenes are set in places where scenes wouldn't normally be set. Or maybe we're reading too much into it. I don't know. We might be. Well, he is is the bad husband who squandered the family fortune or whatever. Well, that's where it's like, I mean, this is supposed to be this lying, cheating father, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's who her dad is sort of introduced to us as. And abandoned. Uh, And that she's smart. She's Franny. And, um, you know, she, well, while... Yeah, she did inherit this wealth, and she understands that comes with this great privilege. She's managed it well. Right. And she mm-hmm. hasn't gambled it away. Like, she's made smart investments. Right. And she supported the right she's people. She's independent. And yeah. she's not going to let another man and take this, that from her. You know, her dad has maybe, you know, taught her why she can't be that way. Mm-hmm. I think there was, I can't remember the exact lines, but there are lines that are supposed to read, I learned this by watching you, and I want to be the exact opposite <laughs> right, of that. Right, um, And I ran away from you, and I escaped yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. I wrote and circled, Franny is my boundaries hero. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Because that whole, like, you were... Like, I will pay for the show, but you're not going to stay here. You're going to go to a hotel. Well, we're not going to. Unfortunately, that doesn't quite well, work out. Well, he also tramples all over them. Yes. But, yeah. The, the, she delivers that brutal line to him. Do you know why I study magic so avidly? It was to make you disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Boom. I mean, that. You're getting this, like, heart. all these nice backstories about, like, actual feelings, actual family. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's a, it's an interesting introduction in season three of a, fa- of a parent figure, right. which we have not had at all. Right. And, we and this of, is very much a, like, a Wes Anderson movie dad, where he's like, <laughs> you know, dad who failed oh, it you. is. And who accepts Royal absolutely, Exactly. Yeah. And, and all of them, they're all, they're all the same dads. Like, all the huh. movies are that way. I mean, I find uh, the, uh, this dynamic of interesching the father is something that I really identify with, because it feels like my dad, and it feels like I became... The magical person that I am today that uh, looks up to someone like Franny and I see myself in her too is because of my relationship with my father and mm-hmm. kind of him being a bit of a, a, a cheat and a liar and kind of, but not in the sort of like charming, fun way that the Baron is. <laughs> right. uh, well, to everybody who's not Franny, to yeah, outsiders. Yeah. She's like, I know what this is like. I know who you are. I've been here this whole time. Mm-hmm. What's in the nerve tonic? Uh, Laudanum, heroin. maybe? Like, heroin. It's definitely heroin. <laughs> Some sort of opiate. <laughs> it's yeah. I it's an know. opiate, probably. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, There's and a that's range like, of opiates, I think. Not being an expert on this. That scene where, like, you're upset by the scene where Jack kind of confronts Friday and then gets knocked out cold by dear old dad. <laughs> yes. It's a ho- it's a humorous scene. On first watching, I really liked it. I like we love the scene of him waking up in bed the next day yeah. and like. The look on his face and like the how did opulence. I get here? 
It's so decadent. It's so fluffy. Like he's just in mounds of blankets and pillows and everything. The wallpaper matches the bedding. Everything. The quilting on the bedspread is what I noticed every time. I don't know why. And the mirror image, like Klimt style Uh um, prints on either side of the bed. Like, yeah. And, and that's something, like, you're like, this is not how we want him to wake up in Friday's <laughs> bed, but also, this is hilarious, it and is. I can't wait to read all the fan fiction all uh-huh. about this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is there It's is like, some. did somebody give me a roofie? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it's, it is. It's a really... Jackie gets, Jack gets roofie. <laughs> he really, terrible. He really does. This is not good. I hadn't put that together, that's but you're right. consent issues. Mm, but she is. also says, he's like, how did you, how did I get... How did I get undressed? Put me in pajamas. pajamas. And she says, Mr. Butler, of course. After I undressed you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that, I mean, And then he looks down. I know. My first. (laughs) So funny. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I actually did have a little bit of a, like, "Hmm, Uh, let me think about what this means. Yeah, that does not feel Um, right. As a modern watcher, knowing what I know now and knowing about the whole Me Too movement, Mm -hmm, like, um, are well, we and also read it like as comfortable, or read it as consensual, or and are we still supposed to laugh right. because it's a man? Like, yeah. there's yeah. still like I, I don't. There's some things to unpack there. There's yes, a lot of things are. to unpack. Um, did you notice the lack of continuity with that scene right before he gets knocked out? It's not like I've rewound this mm, forty times, but oh, of um, course not. <laughs> and pause. Rewound and pause. Mm. So he's walking to the door. He's gonna. He's like blowing out on out of there because he's pretty upset. But just before he gets hit, we see a shot with his face. We see Franny's back. But he's got his fingers on her neck. Like, they had just had a tender moment, and that gets interrupted with the door banging his head. But there was not a tender moment. He was, like, getting the hell out of there because he's angry. So... I, I, I have not noticed. I now did I not notice that. Now you will see I want to carefully study that scene and their body posture. <laughs> because body posture means a lot in this show. Yes, and, like, their does. closeness. Especially mm-hmm. since that's all we're going to get for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the scene happens, Begging though, for scraps. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they have a, you know, like, even though we get daddy cock block, um... <laughs> There is, like, heavy flirtation yes. immediately after with, like I said, the zucchini uh-huh. guillotine flirtation. Um, and then there's, like, a few more. Like, it keeps right. on going. Yeah, on the stage when um, she's... Like, because there's the second date situation. Yeah. Like, let's try this again. And that's when the mm-hmm. knocking out happens. Um, and I, I, by the end of the episode, I think we're kind of reset. Yeah. Where yeah. Jack knows now that it's dad. Um, right. So he's kind of okay with it. But it kind of... We're not... We're not, I don't remember being told, like, as an audience, like, what we're supposed to feel. Like, well, Jack knows it's her dad now, but... Right. Where are we, where are we with flirtation? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> He's really, like, literally leaning in to those flirtations. Yeah. The one, I think, is after... He's like, oh, are we flirting now? Okay. He's like, I have learned to flirt. I will flirt now. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is flirting. I, like, I can flirt, flirt too. Um, so the outfit. The yes. outfit. So can we first talk about the hats? So uh, this is full Franny Chicken. Like, because the first two hats, the first one is, like, the fascinator that she's wearing with, like, the feathers. On the feathers. guillotine girl? Or? No, no it's oh, Franny. Because yeah, the guillotine girl had a nice fascinator. Oh, her fascinator, the performer's costuming for headpieces are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Franny's headpieces are not for me, because she looks <laughs> like show chickens. <laughs> show chickens. Because she's got the big black floof. It's like a plume. fascinator. A plume. It is not for me. I don't just. I'm over fascinators. I've they've been overdone, especially in like thanks Etsy pinup Etsy <laughs> Pinterest. I'm over it. Weddings over it. Yeah, weddings um, gone. And then like the next hat she wears, it's kind of a lighter bluish sort of outfit. Has I a white hat. I love that outfit. I hate I knew that outfit. Like it. I, I love that outfit. <laughs> and I and I hate the green dress. I, it's like level oh, yeah. two show chicken. I don't. I don't really like the green dress. Oh, either. the green dress, which yeah. is the okay. the mint. Is that the beaded. the Jack redo date dress? Yes. Yeah. And it's swishy. <laughs> I want to understand how it works. Right. I don't uh, because it's got all the lights. Honey, I'm gonna channel Tim Gunn. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yep. I maybe I am uh, struck by just like the sleeves and the swishiness around the things, and I'm yeah. like, how does fabric work? <laughs> and I tried to ask my friend Chandler, and she wouldn't tell me. So we're gonna move on. Well, 
Wait, well, be more specific. Work in what way? Well, it's like, I just like, because it's got this flow to like the sleeves, and I'm like, is it like bias, chiffon, blah, blah, blah? It is some sort of silk business for the. For the sleeves and the yeah. sheath of the dress. And the sleeves fluttery. are not... Sleeves are connected somewhere where we can't see because it's behind the curtain. Yeah. But... So they're only partially connected somewhere in the bodice, I think. And then they're floating here. And then we have the... So the sheath and the sleeves are made of the same thing. And they're very flowy. And then you have the weight mm-hmm. of the bead curtain it's on called front a, and back. It's actually called a tabard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a fabric sandwich board. That's what <laughs> that a tabard is. is. Yeah. That's, well, that's what knights used to wear. But that's I think, all I needed to know. I think Fab- that the fabric sandwich board. <laughs> yes. I think that the tabard family fabric sandwich board, TM, um, I think the weight of that accentuates the flowiness of mm. the other pieces. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You just explained. You and I hate question. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, there's like a scene where she's wearing um, like mint green, cherry red, and gold. Yes. Or like yellow gold. Yeah, that, that like, it's a the Chinese, Chinese coat. Yeah. yeah. Like the and then there's like later scenes where it's like very like lush, velvety blue and gold when she's like um, after the mermaid tank. And I just, love that blue dressing gown yeah. so hard. That is amazing. And, uh, and that, the colors in mm-hmm. that scene are beautiful overall, like yeah. how she stands with the backdrop and then contrasts uh, the murderer. But, like, I realize as I'm watching this episode, like, these color combinations have become something that I've started to really internalize and been like, why can't I wear cherry, red, mint, green, and gold in every day? Right. I'm starting to be like, oh, I can be more adventurous with my color choices. I wear a lot of black as a person. And uh, in the last few years, I've started kind of going a little bit more wild with my color choices. What would Franny wear? Everything. (laughs) Yeah. I will not, though, wear her show chicken hats. <laughs> I, I like that hat. I love that whole, with the sheer, like, it's almost, and I normally don't like ombre kind of business, but I love that it's like a sheer linen flowing jacket. I think it's linen. The seafoam color one? The or? one that mor- morphs between, like, purple to blue to uh-huh. seafoam to silver. There's, like, gold in there, too. Yeah, and then... I love her hat in that because it's like a, it's either, it's either linen or straw. I think it's Mm. linen actually. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but a very crisp, heavy linen that's been starched or something. Mm. And I just, I don't know. I really love that outfit. That's right up there with that amoeba coat for me. I do not like it. It's old lady wear. Like I don't. It is old lady wear. It's so boxy. Part of it though, I think what I, what I think makes it work for me is I like that she's the kind of camisole and pants that she's wearing underneath it are almost scandalous yes like, it's like she's not wearing um, anything season three her camisole has dropped like two inches it's real low now yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. it's like a slide whistle like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh can we i want to uh there was <laughs> what was the random thing i wanted to talk about the strongest beverage we have in this room right now by the way is Lacroix. <laughs> I obviously always respond to when Franny goes into the land of performing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this episode, like there is so much uh, in this theater. We get like on stage, we get backstage. And I love this like backy waxed, uh, backy wax stage, <laughs> wacky backstage, like tabernacle of terror. We've got like, I know all I, I wrote down, like, don't you know better than to go around backstage, like under where the sandbags are hanging? Well, like, like, like after the last time into monster mouth. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, we've, um, also got like, there's a scene where like dots back there, like yeah. dots linking around backstage and reveals a ventriloquist dummy. It's, ah, it's like I, obligatory. You I, have to have, a I dummy love in it there. though. And I love when we're in genre TV and we, <laughs> Like are like I gotta check the boxes. Yeah, yeah. And that ventriloquist dummy shows up like two more times in the episode. Well, and then we see it performed, and we see it perform, and we see it come back the when like Edgar the murder is being revealed, and the the dummy's listening along. Yes, I know he props uh, it up. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that. that little like subtle thing. And I uh, would like to add that uh, my dear friend Amara Strutt, who was in Miss Fishnet's um, Stripper Mysteries, uh, 
Uh, I love, so her mother in her late sixties is teaching herself ventriloquism. Really? Wow. A very Miss Fisher thing, right? To be like, I don't care. I'm in my sixties. I will learn ventriloquism and I will teach myself. (laughs) Or it was like hipsters. I'm going to clown school. And her mom goes, hold my beer. Hold my beer. I'm going (laughs) to teach myself ventriloquism. Uh, And she's doing it because she saw on America's Got Talent and a little girl was doing it. And so she's like, I can do this too. And the best thing, she's traveling right now in Europe. And she sent Amara a picture of a ventriloquist dummy like on an espresso machine. (laughs) She's in Italy, right? Clearly that's what happens in Italy. That's what you do. That's what you do. And Amara's like, oh, you found a ventriloquist dummy. And she's like, no, I brought mine with me so I could practice. (laughs) And I'm like, I want to be just like this lady. How perfectly in the spirit of Miss Fisher. So much. It makes me wonder about luggage for that. Like, Travel accessory like for ma'am. Is this a body in your luggage? No, <laughs> it's more of a nerd. And then the then the dummy says back, "No, it's just me." <laughs> <laughs> and then like the whole like mermaid tank stuff. I'm honestly at this point in the episode, like I usually like tune out 30 minutes in, and I don't know why. <laughs> and yes, there's this great like we get to see Franny do a magic trick. I do, and her proficiency at learning everything. And we're also led to believe that she she messed up and that she is going to die because maybe Franny isn't perfect at everything. We know she's not really going to die. She's a superhero. Like, superhero. Oh, someone's going to save her. And then we realize that maybe she was like just faking us all out. Like I knew how to get out of the tank the whole time. Yeah. Okay. A lot of can I just talk around. about though? Can I just say what is up with the magician who, when she's at minute four, he's still like looking off like, doo, 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 doo. I think he's resigning himself doo, 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 to yet doo, doo. another death on his watch. That's yeah. my take on his like, um, I wonder if we can get sandwiches later. I let this be the uh, segue into my favorite piece of local art. I don't know. If, have you ever been to SeaTac Airport? Uh, a couple and, times. In um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <gasps> yes, yes, there is uh, my favorite public ah. art, which is this four or five pa- large panel piece of artwork called High Wire, which makes no sense. That's what it's called. Yes, it's by Michael Fijans, and it is. Uh, basically a mural, here's the description, different stages of vaudeville magic with 11 sequential depictions. There's 11 (laughs) of a magician and his assistant. Their trick involves an empty magic box out of which a figure eventually appears. Uh, If it is viewed in the opposite direction, the figure is seen to disappear from the magic box. So it's basically like, it's supposed to be like the sawing the girl in half kind of magic trick, which we see in this episode. But this life-size mural and several panels is terrifying. It's terrifying. The lighting on it is meant to be sinister, or is it? And I uh, love it so much. Do you? I hate it. So, dear listeners, if you are ever in the SeaTac airport, go to Terminal Um. D. And here's what the artist has to say about it. Travelers having flown by plane retain, for a short time, an aura of having done something superhuman. The traveler has defied the intuitive laws of time, biology, and physics. He or she has moved, for want of a better term, magically. Oh, give me thy mug so I can throw up in it. Wow. But I... It's so bizarre. It is. And it's like I mean, upsetting. Yes. And I feel like we should include photographs of this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the, this the notes, notes because I want you all to seek out this public it's, art. It's got that quality where he's staring directly at the viewer. It's it like is, old yeah. tiny photos that are looking at you and, and he has follow like this, you. He it's looks like that harsh like, stage lighting yeah. with like the He stage looks makeup. like Mackenzie. Like the really faces are really similar. Ma- yeah, the makeup. I mean, that's so, a requirement. Like you can't yeah. be that sort of magician unless you look like that. Yeah. Mm. You have to have uh, terrifying eyes of terror. And yes. It is inexplicably it, amazing to me. It is. And I'm glad that you find it horrifying. I find which it means horrifying. That I love it. Oh, I've got a quick question. Um, what do we call Mackenzie's cavalcade of, cavalcade of mysteries? Like, is it a magic show? Is it a review? It's like, a variety like, show. It's a vaudeville or, show, I yeah. think. Okay. My understanding is that Australia has a very strong and uh, cherished history of vaudeville and cabaret performance. And I... I'm actually excited when we get to go to kind of uh, do a little bit more research and investigation into this. It's interesting, like burlesque as an art form is has existed in Australia, but not in the same way in the United States. But like vaudeville sideshow uh, and cabaret is really strong, and mm-hmm. they have a really strong fringe. Uh, festival sort of circuit and season. And I actually do know a lot of performers who go down there who are circus 
uh, and variety performers who kind of do that circuit and mm. they come from the United States because they go, they're obviously getting paid well. And that's because they've had a long history of like appreciating these sort of like lowbrow arts. Yeah. Maybe in the U.S. some of those things have become a little bit less mainstream or they're more in the fringes Mm. and maybe they're more celebrated in Australia. And I'm kind of interested to find out more about that history. You know, vaudeville has its roots in, you know, Victorian era and and I think was a very popular entertainment thing in the English-speaking world. Well, we haven't had a vaudeville episode yet. Right. We've had a circus Mm -hmm. episode. We've had a theater ruddy gore episode. And this is the vaudeville episode. Yeah. And we kind of get all the vaudevilles. We get ventriloquism. We get magic. (laughs) We get um, uh, the sort of dancing girls. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Beautiful dancing girls that's not burlesque and it's not ballet it's kind of everything so it's like somewhere between circus and theater huh i love the magician when they call one minute can she do it yeah and yeah, yeah. Those jazz hands and it's so great i always i, I love those up. minute can cards i was it? i drew the minute cards in my notes like those, <laughs> those little like the one the four has an octopus like the border is oh, a little octopus cool. i hadn't noticed that yeah um <laughs> i love this whole thing has such great graphic design in it and kudos to every cloud or whoever's supplying the props for this because the actual labels in the show like all of the signage and backgrounds and posters actually have hand lettered type which one of my big pet peeves when i watch movies is like finding what's supposed to be handwriting and it's a font yeah like the worst offender ever is kate and leopold hugh jackman's character comes from (laughs) back in time and then he asks what's her name out on a date and he faxes her this beautifully handwritten quill dip pen note but you can see that it's been laser printed because the d (laughs) has been cut off by the laser printer and i happen to know that that font is p22 saison so i get very angry when you also have strong font feelings i have very strong because on my actual resume there's a line at the bottom when it says like other interests and i say uh ridding the world of the misuse of the font papyrus Oh, That's awesome! I, I, aromatherapy thing at the bottom of my resume says finding and identifying typefaces, or yes. collecting and identifying typefaces, like they're bugs or something. We are clearly Weird. all meant to be. Oh yeah, friends. we are meant to be together. Papyrus is the one that I loved. I've never seen Avatar. I will not see. I will not see Avatar. Because because I, of the font. Yeah, I yes. yes. Have you seen the Saturday Night Live? Yes. Yes, I know what you did. That spoke directly to my soul. (laughs) You just chose it from the drop-down menu and then you squished it. I know what you did. (laughs) It's it's like they know me. Um, And yes, uh, so I also uh, just want to say, like, we're recording live from my actual day office, Mm -hmm. which is an advertising agency, and I loved walking these two ladies around and us just, like, ooing and aahing over, like, the place where we get to do things with exacto blades and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and fancy printers and like. Well, and I ten years ago I used to work in an agency much like this, and I like I've stepped away from that life, and so like I'm having these flashbacks of like all oh, paste up. I can still smell the uh, hot wax. And I have a super tiny, tiny agency. It's just myself and my husband, and so the amazing equipment that you have, like these giant, large format printers and all of this stuff. It's be still my heart. Like but it so is amazing. we uh, clearly care about aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> we got to take selfies with holding Emmys today. Yeah, yeah, just we say. did. We did hold some Emmys. We will so post we'll post those up. But yeah. uh, um, uh, I, I I love that you always bring up a font and typesetting. <laughs> and I actually am always curious to how you're going to feel about something now that when I watch the show to oh. see like what's Chandler going to think about. I drew this? the M in the Mackenzie because it has that weird wackadoo serif business. Yeah. There's also like a lot of use of that sort of. Um, it's different than the sideshow banners and the wrestling banners mm-hmm. or the, the boxing, boxing banners. Right. That I've seen. These are more, these, the, those posters look so much like the old Barnum and Bailey, like yeah. the Wrangling brothers posters from the turn of the century. Also like what I mentioned earlier, the sort of uh, mint uh, cherry red and uh, green or gold. Like we're seeing that uh, echoed back in the Mackenzie signage. Yeah. So if you look yeah, at that, like, that's true. Um, our our Marion Boyce, our favorite costume designer, is so good. We've talked about it so many times, but uh, like the way that she's matching Franny to the scenery because she's just so intuitive as a human to know that she's going to the cavalcade and should be dressed appropriately when she gets there. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like this is the episode where we really see that Mac is being 
criminally underused uh, as yeah. a character yes, yes, and yes. an actress. I mean, they are fitting everything they possibly can in episode one, season one, and we're setting up some stories that are going to play out over the course of the season. If we're telling a murder and we're we're getting uh, a new level set for flirtation and we're introducing dad and everything, but um, I'm glad they fit Mac in there. But I'm also how I realize how much I miss Mac. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited that she's the corner. It was a really good place to fit her in and keep her into the stories more. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But and also she pushes back against Franny. Yeah, and there isn't that. Oh, same. was that what line about I, men? You can't. Yeah, you can't live without them. You can't you hit them with an axe. <laughs> yep. And I want. I don't want that as a T-shirt. No. I want it either tattooed on my body or a cross stitch that I lovingly mm. spent oh. hours and hours on. Oh yeah, yeah. cross stitch. Cross stitch. Like, t-shirt would be very weird. <laughs> that, yeah, that would get some stares. Yeah, it would but, be fine. But I love that she's what like, "What'd you do to him?" Well, speaking <laughs> of quotes, if we can back up the train a bit and go back to the the Jack flirtation a little bit. There's that exchange where he says, is that an invitation? And she says, well, I could wait all day for yours. Yeah. That's the one where he's so leaning in. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Literally leaning in. It's, woo, woo. But I love that she, like, call, calls him on it. Yeah. You know. Um, also, so that theater, the, the, the theater shot, I, was, I, had to, I had to search for it. Because they've, you know, they reuse buildings in this mm-hmm. show a lot, but they've never used this one. And probably mm-hmm. because it's so out there, like, you'd really recognize it. But if this show were really happening, that theater would have been brand spanking new. Yeah. Because it is the Forum Theater, formerly known as the State Theater. It was built in 1928. And it's done in that, like, Venetian slash Moorish slash Moroccan mm-hmm. style that was, you know, has been popular for on We should go see it. Yes. Yeah. We definitely will. We'll that, report back. That right. was the largest theater in the Southern Hemisphere when it was built. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I love... Okay, so when she escapes from the tank and they ask her how she did it and she pulls the tweezers out of her bra. So she had time to put it back in the bra after well, she got herself out? Also, she just showed the entire audience how she How did the it. trick is done. That you never crazy. reveal the trick. You always reveal the trick. I do This love. is a murder mystery show. You reveal... It's about the but reveal. Then, and then what did, why did she wait so long? I love the look on her face, though, when she's just sitting there like, I, uh, got she waits, everybody. <laughs> she, I, love, I think she waited so long because she was waiting for backup to arrive to arrest her ass. Oh, how did she know? Because she coming? can't tackle her while she's in the box. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love Jack's face of, like, admiration and adoration. He's just about had to smash it open, and then and he then, sees her up there, and he's just kind of like, how did you do this amazing thing? And that look, just... And that's aw. when he's like, oh, okay, I fine. You. You're amazing. You, uh, maybe I Can would Can we go also, back to your place later? <laughs> I've re, it's like their constant reset of Jack's emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. Poor um, Jack. And he maybe, it's just, like I said, I think it's the, uh, him learning slowly after time that maybe that role of the man and the woman can be rewritten for modern... Um, but I stories. also I also feel like they're using Jack for cheap thrills for the audience and and I know uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry what's the problem okay <laughs> okay but Franny gets to be this nuanced character and suddenly Jack doesn't anymore like he used to be and now he's the well how do we keep a show running sad for trombone three se- horn yeah. dog <laughs> how do we keep a show running for three seasons we have someone constantly questioning uh, how they feel right With how. Jack- how did the X-Files run for nine seasons? I believe I, I'm a skeptic. Don't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> that went too far. This show is a great three-season arc where we get to play out the detectives who bone genre, but in a nice, tight three seasons and hopefully one really good movie. I'm not saying anything. Really, really hoping it's rated R. <laughs> oh, okay. It won't be, dearest. I know, love. I know. You got your you fan fiction. You want NC seventeen. You got your fan fiction. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Can we go back to costumes for a little bit? There's hardly any menswear in this, um, but I hate Jack's tie that he's wearing at the beginning with those oh, like the very lovely tie. Yeah, ra- rather a lovely tie. Yeah, with the beach balls. What is that? <laughs> what is that? That's a bad tie. It looks like the night again. It does look like beach like balls. like the seafoam dress. It's like the eighties. The nineteen eighties <laughs> intruded on the nineteen twenties, and I do not like it. Um, I just have two more costume notes. Um, so that, that dress that Franny wears, the dark blue thing where her, she's got wings for like 
She's yeah. got the little bracelet thingies with the... That would drive me crazy. I, I would be constantly like, oh, get it off of me. It's gorgeous. It it's, is it's really like beautiful. Beaded, it is beautiful. I am mesh. reading something here that you were drawn to very practical and beautiful, but simple, comfortable clothing. Totally. And you and I are attracted to things opulent. that are ridiculous opulent yes. and look like they'd be fun to wear in a very different way. That's true. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. I think, yes. That's <laughs> I think exhibit A, sit. what you're wearing today, Jojo, and what I'm wearing today. <laughs> this is the most mild-mannered outfit that I currently have. This is so funny. So, black dress and leopard, leopard. print it leggings. It is a tank top. Not a tank. It is a turtleneck dress. Yeah. That's yeah. Thing, and it's fine. I forgot to put the hoop earrings on, though. And then let's talk like about You show up and you got your let's leopard your print coat. winter coat yep. with your big old sunglasses when we come and pick yep. you up this morning. You it's, can't it's help but be glad. My, uh, someone best describes my look as like Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City <laughs> yeah. of Seattle. Um, <laughs> someone also once said I look like a fraggle bag lady. So <laughs> I have now adopted that my personal fraggle style bag lady. is fraggle Bradshaw. Oh, <laughs> Round so if you claws. ever, uh, for those of you who will be attending Miss Fisher Con, I promise you I will always be dressed as Friny Fraggle Bradshaw so as best good. I can. <laughs> well, in the vein of loving the simple practical thing, there is this great little detail where I love, so um, Jack is, uh, the scene where um, Hugh discovers that the that Dot has taken the letter, <laughs> Jack is wearing this black or dark gray waistcoat under his suit and the the waistcoat is finished with a subtle blanket stitch around the outside so it's almost like this I don't know it's like almost lacy around the hmm. edges it is so beautiful that is the sort I of stuff I notice wow. love your eye for detail <sighs> it's pretty amazing. I'm like yeah yeah gorgeous beaded dress whatever show me the <laughs> and blanket I'm stitch I'm the one that's like I think the zucchini is supposed to be his dip <laughs> she wears yeah it's beautiful it's gorgeous it is and really beautiful and even though it has the arm thing and i mean it's got basically some... i'm dot and you're frying <laughs> it's it's actually simple it's a fairly simple it outfit. is i mean i have <sighs> to assume that she factored into the outfit choice how she wanted the evening to progress and what jack's abilities would, it would be what make a nice noise pooling on the floor or it would be easy to remove the mint dress impossible impossible Impossible. That needs a dot. Like, you have to have dot to get in and out of right. that thing. So, right. anyway. I also love, like, the uh, the peripheral, like, Silver Follies gals or what. I love yeah. those. Little, oh, like, you only see I them for a second. them, and I think that whole scene is beautiful, and I like the choreography. I think it's a little long, but whatever. But even, like, the, the girls standing in the background yeah. when the, she's first murdered, like. And uh, then, and I love at the end sort of interrogation scene or the uh, accusal scene, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I love the headdress that's on the murderess. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's really beautiful. But I actually hate what Friday is wearing when she comes down on the hoop. But I also think they're saying, like, well, at the time, you would not maybe necessarily, Mm -hmm. for this type of performance, um, be revealing of a woman's body. But the girls are wearing their shirt midriffs, right? And I feel like that's almost too revealing. Yeah, I feel like Phryne's outfit is more revealing than would have been. It suddenly, to me, ages her in a way that I don't want her to be Mm -hmm. aged. Because it also also drapes on her and a swimsuit. Like, any sort of, like, should not drape. So yeah. it looks saggy on I guess her. they went through so many different revisions of that fabric. Like, they worked really, really hard on the mermaid costume mm. to get just the right texture. And so it would float and drape. The other thing, I things. didn't like the bathing cap either. Like, the wrinkly bathing cap that she's the, wearing. The like, Yeah. I, so I mean, it's, you know, flashy. I'm, I feel like if, uh, if I had to rate the outfits in the episode, I will go... Uh, uh, swish swish green flowy thing uh, the cherry earring kind of uh, mint gold thing and then the uh, bathing costumes at the very bottom of that list mm. for me but I love that the contortionist gal her outfit is beautiful like under the like the bra top she's got these little like scallop shells shaped sequin mm-hmm. things on there that are really beautiful the red we herring. didn't talk about the scene of her in the box. Right. Red, the red herring contortionist. Yes. Yeah. The red herring Sarah. lesbian contortionist. The creepy, like, I'm going to take your bloody beads now. Oh, and, and then I love them the, home. Yeah, they accuse her of that. She's like, I'm sentimental. 
Yeah. <laughs> she's got this cute little, I don't know, it's not a lisp, but it's like, she says it really funny. I love, I love it, it when, when red Friday lesbian contortionist is my Friday husband. loves to be like, admit it, you were friends in the sapphic sense. She does that all the time. She's like the Angela Lansbury of like cornering someone to get them to admit that they're gay. sexuality, Friday? Why she can't is. they just be? She makes them admit it She's over and over again. She's this woman in a way that doesn't seem fair given what this poor young woman has to deal with on a day admit on a daily it. basis. And here Friday is supposed to be like kind of yeah. got her back at least in this regard, but she's like throwing it at her like She's done it I know to Mac. You yeah. know, why, Mac, why are you, so, admit it, you, you were lovers, or, she's done that so many times, yeah. she's, like, cornered the lesbian ladies and, like, made them admit it. Yeah, it's not fine. I mean, I love you, Friday, but it ain't your business. <laughs> I know it's supposed to tell, uh, the primary audience of the show, like, this is okay, see how this is okay, this is how we're gonna tell you this is okay, <laughs> instead of just letting it be okay. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, letting it just be a part of the world, um, it's something that has to be called out, so we go, like, oh, Yes, not being heterosexual is okay. We Repeat want, we want it to be something that's just not taken for just granted. Exists. Yeah. 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 Just exists. I also noticed Dot's blouse with the lovely roses that I think the embroidered. are embroidered. embroidered. Oh, we haven't talked about Dot at all. Oh, we haven't. <laughs> I love Dot's outfit at right. the very beginning because it's, of course, it's her trademark peach. Mm-hmm. However, under the house lights of the theater... It shifts a little bit golden, so it almost looks like it's a sunflower color on her, and huh. that look is radiant on her, and I wish she wore well, more I of that color. I think maybe radiant is a great way to describe where we established Dot in season three. She has been under Miss Fisher's sort of friendship and under her wings for two seasons, and this one where she is entirely confident, she is definitely going out on her own to sort of solve these things. We got a little bit of um, uh, pushback from Hugh. Hugh, but also like, so it's like, She's not even asking permission. permission. Mm-hmm. Nope. She is just going for it. And in fact, she's defying his yeah. requests. And so it's like, it's definitely, like, it's it's the uh, satisfying establish of like, that she has changed and that she likes where she is. Right. And she's not questioning it anymore. Um, and I think that's really nice. And we kind of see, you know, we see stuff play out through season three that kind of, you know, uh, it's an interesting story arc for Dot. Uh, we know how it all ends up, but I think that's kind of a fun way to, like, start start with Dot. Like, she is ready, she is confident, and um, she's not asking permission. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, is there a, a toasty business? Yeah. Well, there's one quote that I wrote down when she says, the best trick is the one you least expect. <laughs> so... I suppose I would like to toast to in in the in the interest of or I guess in the vein of how they structured this show to keeping people on their toes to doing the unexpected mm. and to misdirecting. Oh, Ooh. cheers! Thank you, thank you guys. Cheers! Thank you for being on. You are delightful as always. I noticed that one of your columns is WTF. It's a short column this time. Yeah, that's pretty great. One what? of them is, is the what? expanded theme. Oh, okay. You know, Bloody you guys girls. answered that for me. That's what it is. Staff erection. I think it must be like oh, a longer. logistical yeah. reason. What so, is a staff erection? What am I? When she like, when she hold the magic staff, the magic staff oh, erection. Oh, where the she's like, to, I did not did read that, that as sexual, but no, I did. Everything she does with the little and that. So I, there's only four things. How did, how One expanded theme. Two, you blood, bloody pearls. Three, magic staff erection, and four. All the of these nudie, things sound dirty to me. The nudie panel that she stands <laughs> behind. See, like uh, this episode is just like not subtle, wacky sexual innuendos. Clang, it drops. What is the zucchini guillotine? What is the bloody pearls? What is the. (laughs) (laughs) I think that came out my nose a little bit.